Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine here with attorney Mark Scroggins of Scroggins Family Law in Dallas, serving Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. This is the Scroggins Family Law podcast series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. Today's show is all about court-ordered child custody evaluations and mental examinations in Texas. We're going to talk about the circumstances under which a court may order a child custody evaluation. Um, We'll ask when can a child custody evaluator recommend a mental examination of one of the parties. We'll talk about what can parents expect to encounter during a custody evaluation process and what are the options to challenge any adverse findings of a child custody evaluator or mental examiner. I'm here with board certified and family law attorney Mark Scroggins. He is an aggressive and experienced trial attorney with a sound understanding of business matters that serves him well in family law. An accomplished speaker and author, Mr. Scroggins has practiced family law throughout the state of Texas for over 20 years. He has written about family law matters for Texas Lawyer and numerous other periodicals and has spoken before numerous organizations and corporate clients. Of course, this is a general information program. This program is not legal advice, and listening to the program does not create an attorney-client relationship. For more information, please call Scroggins Family Law directly to speak to an attorney by dialing area code 214-469-3100. Again, that's 214 469 3100. We are on with uh, Mark Scroggins. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing well and looking forward to starting the week with a fun topic. Who wouldn't love to start Monday off by talking about child custody evaluations? Well, exactly. You know, that is, uh, <laughs> it, it is a cure for boredom. That's for damn sure, right? Absolutely. I can think of nothing better. Um, so, you know, this is something that, you know, well, why do we weigh, you know, we, you know, we, why these things, why these topics, you know, it's, I always think about, you know, a Monday is Monday morning is a, a moment of reality where we face everything that we're going to, uh, come at us during the week. And, um, for people who are going through the process of divorce, um, they may be, starting to figure out that there's more complexity in their uh, divorce case than originally thought. You know, we're now in March, uh, January. We talk about a lot of people uh, filing for divorce after the holidays. And now we're starting to get into, if you have a contested custody case, um, you know, it looks like it's going to settle. Everyone's going to agree to a parenting plan and custody arrangement. And then no, it kind of breaks down. And so, um, you know, we look at these uh, situations where, where we have contested custody and high conflict. Uh, sometimes we uh, end up with child custody evaluations and, of course, mental examinations. And uh, for people who have never been through this before, I'm sure these are quite daunting uh, at best. Um, I guess we just need to cover what what are the circumstances, what, uh, what are we looking at, what should people know. So... Uh, I guess let's just talk a, a bright, you know, let's jump right into it. In what type of cases do we get court-ordered child custody evaluations? Well, you can get a, a uh, child custody evaluation ordered any time the child, you know, child custody is going to be disputed. I mean, so, um, you know, it, 
let's start with what, what is a child custody evaluation, okay? Um, a child custody evaluation is, um, is where a mental health professional, typically a, uh, a psychologist or a licensed professional counselor, and occasionally you've got some people that, you know, have their master's in social work that, that do them as well. Um, you know, you need to make sure of who, who you've got depending on the facts of your case because uh, there are certain people that are better with, with certain issues. So, um, but anytime there is a, there's a high-conflict case going on involving, uh, you know, who is going to – I don't want to say who's going to have custody of kids because that's not really a proper way to say it. But let's say – let's work under the assumption that the parties are named joint managing conservators. Uh, who's going to be able to establish the primary domicile of, of the kids? Or maybe it's a case where, you know, sole managing conservatorship is, is applicable. Um, anyway, a, a psychologist or LPC or master's in social work is going to be appointed that is going to interview the parties, is going to uh, come out and observe the, the parties with the kids at their home, is going to, you know, take a look at the house, is going to look at the living arrangements, is going to interview collateral sources, and, um, you know, is basically going to make a recommendation to the court over what conservatorship should be and what possession and access should be. So, you know, these – it's not something to be asked for lightly uh, simply because, one, it's expensive, and, two, you know, it's if there is a – you know, if there really is a dispute – over this, I mean, there are there are certain people, and this is one where, you know, I won't I won't take a case in in this situation, but where uh, one party is really just trying to use the the kids as a bargaining chip for uh, a a better um, a better result when it comes to division of the marital estate, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just not going to play that game. There are some attorneys out there, there are plenty of attorneys, frankly, out there who will. Uh, I think it's despicable, so I won't do it. But uh, if there is a valid concern and if there is a valid dispute over where the kids should be, then a child custody uh, evaluation can be helpful. Um, it doesn't mean that what, what happens or what the recommendations are in the child custody uh, evaluation are going to be what rule the day. I mean, it is one thing that the court can consider in making a determination or the jury in uh, making a determination of conservatorship, although a jury can't, you know, can't make any decisions related to possession and access. So that's kind of a starting point, um, and that is a very, very, very small view of, of actually what, what goes into these things. But where you tend to see this, um, let's say that there have been alcohol or drug issues. Um, either someone's active in their, their addiction or let's say they're newly sober. Uh, let's say you've got, um, you know, sex addiction issues, gambling addiction, uh, all kinds of different things that can play in that are going to be important uh, to look at. And then all of this also has to be balanced against what the, um, you know, what the presumptions are in Texas that, like I said earlier, that, you know, it's presumed that the parents should be named joint managing conservators on possession and access. It is presumed that the minimum amount of possession and access that the non-possessory parent should have, excuse me, is a standard possession order. So those are kind of the starting points. So you, you might want to use a child custody evaluation in a situation where you are, uh, you think that it's necessary that your spouse have supervised visits with the, 
with the child or that uh, they shouldn't have as much access as a possession uh, standard possession order provides or um, you know you need to call back some of their rights and duties uh, in making decisions let's say related to uh, education or medical or psychiatric or psychological or you know things like that so that's basically where it's going to come into play all right so when you a few things that you mentioned um is can be expensive um and selecting the selection process can we uh, uh focus on those two a little first so is the person who gets to who normally is does the person requesting the child that well the, does the attorney requesting the court to order the child custody evaluation get to also pick and choose or does the court say here are a list and the attorneys agree on it what's the logistics very rarely is the person who requests it going to make be able to make that decision you know solely on his or her own uh, most of the time what you're going to have is a situation where the court is going to grant the request and then ask if the parties can agree on someone and if the parties can then that's great and if the parties can't then the court will appoint you know someone that they choose right right let's talk a little bit more about these custody evaluators themselves um, you started talking about uh, their various backgrounds um, right if is there an opportunity to I say you know where, where you don't necessarily want to if there if the attorneys and the parties are not agreeing on one um uh would it be i guess i'm just looking at more of the qualifications of these different individuals and matters of preference um because they're not they don't always come from the same backgrounds and i would think that is depending on the situation and the facts in your divorce case you may want a different breed of custody evaluator maybe yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Let's say that there are um, let's say that there are drug and alcohol issues. Okay, I might want to have uh, an evaluator who either either is a licensed chemical dependency counselor as well, you know, on their list of qualifications, or that they've got you know extensive experience in dealing with with that issue. Um, you know, maybe uh, the same might be the case with uh, the same might be the case with um, you know, if somebody you want to make sure that somebody's got experience with uh, you know, as it relates to sex addiction, and that's another one that's kind of you know a hot topic because it's kind of split on whether or not people even believe that that is you know an addiction. There's some people that do. There's some people that that you know say that's BS. So uh, that's you know something that something else that comes into play but you want to look at those qualifications to you know make sure that that is someone who is uh, you know going to be able to do the best and most thorough the most thorough job and uh you know and like i said before i mean you know money plays into this there there are lots of folks out there i well let me rephrase that there are folks out there that i would love to use on just about every child custody evaluation but not each case can afford them you know so um you know there is a reason that you might want a you know a licensed 
psychologist, you know, a PhD that's been doing some doing this for 20 years to do a case instead of, you know, someone that is an LPC that's been doing it for seven. You know, there's a there's going to be a vast uh, difference in in training and experience, but there's also going to be a a big difference in uh, in pricing. Right, right. You know, I can just imagine there's a situation where uh, it's often the young attorney with, you know, they've been practicing a few years and, you know, don't might not realize that the person that, that, that is being suggested as the child custody evaluator is also the one who's known for really going after your client and ordering them the mental examinations, which I cannot imagine how I would feel on the receiving end of information that the court agrees that I should be, a mental examination should take place. This is not something to take lightly. And I can just see this in what you were describing, which earlier in which you choose not to get involved, which is commendable. The cases where people will take these, you know, concepts of mental examinations and use them to beat people to death ruin their reputation again a lot of times when you're a court uh when uh, when things are public record too and people are aware it's going on i've seen this myself it can be real bad yeah and let's you know let's be clear about something too i mean a a child custody evaluator doesn't have any authority to order a uh, mental examination okay the only one who can order a psychological or psychiatric evaluation is going to be the court uh and that typically I mean, the court could do it of, uh, you know, of their own motion or of their own volition, but generally it takes a motion from, from one of the parties. And generally what's good, good for the goose is good for the gander. So, you know, it, you can have a, a psyche val of, you know, of, uh, of the kids. You can have psyche vals of the parties. Um, you know, and if there are – there basically need to be behaviors that are going to – justify that order i mean it's not something that just joe blow walks into you know walks into court and you know says my wife is crazy and i want a psyche vow you know and the court goes well absolutely sir let me let me get right on that for you <laughs> you know that's just not the way it works so i mean there needs to be some jacked up behavior basically that is going to give rise to the need for that it, it, it's not just some you know it's not supposed to be used as a tool to uh you know to beat the person for lack of a better way of putting it right right well also maybe depends on which county you're in but <laughs> hey that's a whole nother that's job. true um that's, a, that's, that's I, I'm, right. just, I'm just saying you know um so okay, so what when you talked a little bit about the the home study, the the social study as we'd call it, uh, what are some more things that mm -hmm. people can expect? I mean, it sounds a little you know like uh like the home study. It's, I mean, uh, it sounds like a CPS visit sort of. Um, so what can people really expect? What are the elements of these the custody evaluations? How can someone prepare it and get their ducks in a row? Well, I mean. The best way to prepare is make sure that you, you know, hire a uh, a board-certified family lawyer that knows what the hell they're doing. That can uh, that can advise you of the situation and what's going to happen. I mean, it's generally you're you're going to have at least one meeting in the uh, you know in the uh, in the office with the 
with the counselor or with the uh, uh, with the psychologist about it. And you know, they're going to ask you things about you know your relationship with with the kids, your relationship with your ex. What are the good things you say about your ex? What are the bad things you say about your ex? You know, what are his or her parenting abilities? What are the fallback or the uh, uh, the areas that they really uh, fall short? So you're going to go through all all of that, and they're going to have a whole, typically, okay, not everybody does it this way, but they're going to have a, a whole mess of paperwork for you to fill out, okay? And, and some of that is going to be identifying collateral witnesses. So you're going to also provide this list of other people that can provide information uh, about, you know, what a great parent you are and what a horrible parent the other person is. And... Uh, Hey, they're going to have that, and they're going to come out to the home, like I mentioned earlier, and they're going to basically sit there and observe primarily your interaction with the the kids. They're going to want to look at the you know the living situation. They're going to want to look at you know what is the bedroom situation with the kids. You know, does does the child have his or her own bedroom? Do they share it with with one sibling, or do they share it with eight? I mean, is the house in you know is it is it clean in our uh, you know, is the kid getting good food to eat or, you know, is it a pigsty and there are Taco Bell wrappers everywhere, you know? I mean, so those are the types of things that they want to look at. I mean, if it's a young child, is the is the house, you know, baby-proofed or is it, you know, filled with uh, sharp edges and, you know, people have thongs sitting all over the place? I mean, you know, so it's that kind of stuff. I mean, it sounds, it sounds some of it sounds kind of ridiculous, but, I mean, it, it really is like that and so then they're going to have that and they're going to go out and do the home uh home visit at at both places and then they're going to call the the collateral witnesses and they may or may not depending on the person have additional uh in office meetings um during that time as well it depends on the person it depends on what the circumstances are so that is typically how it runs now your lawyer needs to help you in getting prepared for that or maybe your lawyer um, you know, has someone that can help you prepare for that as well. Um, so, you know, there, there are whole lots of different ways that you can, you can get ready, uh, for that. And once again, a lot of that, um, uh, um, and, uh, I, I'm sorry, I just got something, an emergency pop-up from my paralegal. Um, you know, a lot of that is going to depend, once again, on what the monetary situation is. Right, absolutely. Now, also, in that monetary situation, if let's say you want to challenge uh, a report or an order of the, the custody evaluator, let's say this, because as we're doing the home study, the, you know, everyone's working together here, ideally, all these, all these decisions are based on objective criteria, uh, and findings and their recommendation. Um, however, everyone's human, and what may be subjectively appropriate and good for one evaluator may not be for the next. And let's face reality. We are in a society very divided these days from uh, the just from the the two different camps, I guess, of those who favor helicopter parenting versus, and I can't believe that there's names for this, the free-range parenting style. And there's somewhere everywhere in between. So where, you know, 
you might have some of the homes that you've described uh, might be stifling to one, might not be to another. And there may be a point where someone says, you know, I fundamentally have a disagreement with the recommendations that this person is finding. This seems unfair. It seems biased. It seems slanted against me. It seems whatever it seems. I'm willing to spend the money to challenge the evaluator. I'm willing to spend the money to seek to have the evaluator removed. I'm willing to spend the money to seek to, you know, whatever with the evaluator that we have a problem with. Um, how much of this can we do? What are the options? Uh, I mean, I, it's, you know, you can, uh, let's say, let's assume that we at the get-go, out of the gate, agreed on who the evaluator was going to be, and then we have buyer's remorse. Well, I mean, you can agree to, you know, agreeing on the evaluator is, is one thing. It doesn't mean you can't challenge what is done by the evaluator. And typically what you're going to want to do is, you know, I would at least want to hire a consulting expert that is going to be, um, you know, another uh another mental health expert and preferably someone who has done a whole lot of, uh, of these types of cases. Um, but you're going to want to look at a, a number of different things there. You know, there's the statute <clears throat> that was redone a couple years ago, you know, lays out what, what procedures need to be followed and what a, a child custody evaluation has to, uh, has to include. There's also stuff about the, the qualifications of the person who is uh, performing the evaluation. So there are a whole bunch of different ways to attack these things. I mean, you want to go in and, you know, look at what the qualifications of the, of the person are, and you can attack some of that, although if you agreed on it, you're kind of SOL on that. Um, but you want to check to make sure that they followed the proper methodologies, not just as delineated in the statute, but also, they are going to have, you know, their own governing board. So, you know, the uh, rules as promulgated by the American Psychological Association, you know, or, um, you know, the, those that would, if, if a psychiatrist was doing or, you know, those that are going to govern a social worker or LPC. So you want to look at all of those to make sure that, you know, all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. You want to look at what the personal prejudices are of this person and if that affected them. Did they do what they were supposed to do as far as um, interviewing all of the collateral witnesses? What was the time frame that all of this took place in? I mean, was it all, you know, done, with say, within a period of three months and you can, you know, look at it in a linear fashion and go, okay, well, they did this, 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 and this the way they were supposed to. And, uh, you know, so that's all, that's all good. Or is it something that it's stretched out for nine months and it just, uh, um, you know, went on forever. And so it's kind of disjointed, you know, so there are just a lot of, uh, a lot of things that, uh, you know, go into that. You know, they can be, and even if, I suppose even if you had to make the decision of whether to challenge the evaluation in the, pre, I, I suppose you could say in the pretrial stage uh, before your final trial, 
um, you could do that, or you could, uh, you know, preserve your objection after your final trial. Maybe someone could go and appeal it later. Um, all sorts of different options. But before we before we leave the topic, um, just because people who might be looking for information about child custody evaluators and how this all works, I might run into a whole slew of different, uh, uh, more cast of characters, all the uh, different special appointees, um, such as guardian ad litems, um, you know, attorney ad litems, there's, uh, you know, people representing the child. Um, so what other uh, hats may people be wearing in this, this whole process? Well, you don't find those nearly nearly as much. I mean, a guardian ad litem or an amicus attorney uh, could be appointed. Um, an amicus is an attorney appointed by the court that reports basically directly to the court. So they are an arm of the judge, so to speak, and they a lot of the time kind of um, – I kind of view it as they, they almost kind of sit in, in a situation close to that of an evaluator. I am a little wary of that at times. Um, another situation is where you would have, you know, an attorney ad litem that is appointed. And the attorney ad litem is, once again, appointed by the, appointed by the court, but the attorney ad litem represents the kids. Okay? And... Uh, the, that's where the amicus, and this is where it's a little different, actually. The amicus represents the best interest of the child. Okay? The guardian ad litem, or the attorney ad litem, I should say, represents the kid so, or children. So it's the desires of the children. You know? So you can see where there could be a, a vast difference there. You know, 15-year-old rebellious kid that... Uh, you know, likes to smoke a lot of weed, likes to go to the parent that, you know, is never around and doesn't have, uh, you know, much in the way of any, any discipline or any rules, you know, that really have to be followed. Whereas a uh, child, um, you know, really doesn't want to go over to the parent that, you know, where it's, where it's pretty rigid. Uh, so, you know, there, there are lots of different um, different things that can happen there. But those are the two you know, that you would generally see appointed by the court. But that doesn't come up. It doesn't happen a lot. It, it, happens, it happens a fair amount, but it is, uh, it is far from being the norm. Right. Well, there is – what is the norm? That's the, uh, the, always the question of the day. You know, some of the – as we've talked well, about Well, I think that's the, different... the answer to that is there is no norm. That's that's the point. There's not a norm. Well, you know, it's right. just, it really is. Everything is fact specific. So there are so many times that a case may start and it looks like things are going to be pretty agreeable. People are pretty level headed. So we do want what's best for our children. We want what's best for everyone to move on. And then just some things, you know, it could just be in the discovery. One of those questions just hit someone the wrong way. And things can get things can spool out of hand, and when they do, they you know get to a point where now you've got uh, you know like let's just look at the discovery process and exchanging things and people not turning things over. Now you've got motions to compel and potential sanctions and all these different things that you know the process itself can get so cumbersome and you can't. I've I've heard people say, well, I just want this to stop, just stop it, and you can't just stop it. Um, necessarily right. at some points. So it really is 
the experience of the the thing that's so valuable in this, um, not necessarily is all the experts you can hire along the way, but really your main, your your attorney, your family law attorney too sit down with you and say, we need to look at this like a business decision and how much are we right. going to spend a million dollars to get 50 grand? Right. Well, and that's, that's a really good point. And unfortunately, um, it's kind of like the client who comes in and says, Oh yeah, we're going to agree on everything. Well, have you had a conversation with them? No, but I think, you know, we're, we will, we'll agree on everything. Well, guess what? That's not, you know, an agreed divorce. Okay. Uh, and the vast majority of the time you don't agree on stuff. I mean, there's a reason that people are getting divorced, you know, and a big part of that usually is communication and that they don't communicate. Well, you don't agree on stuff. That's the reason that you're splitting the sheets, so to speak. So um, it's it's real important to you know to understand that there are ramifications for actions, and once you get a train going down the track, sometime you know it doesn't stop on a dime. You know, it's people understand that. Um, for example, you mentioned discovery. When you are the party that is in the position that doesn't have all the answers, how do you get those answers? Well, you've got to go through the discovery process. Okay. Well, uh, you know, so when you go through, when you start the discovery process, what is going to happen? Well, you're going to propound this stuff and send it to the other other party, and you're going to, you know, force them to provide answers that they may or may not want to actually provide. Um, now, what also typically happens, they propound discovery and serve it on you, and then you've got to respond to stuff. Well, you know, that's where you have that conversation and say, look, you know, you're going to end up with some tit for tat on that, and you're going to spend money in that regard. So just understand this is going to happen. And it's amazing how often, you know, people all of a sudden, uh, you know, forget that they're going to have to respond to that and they're going to have to, you know, do that kind of stuff. And that's one of the areas that we always, you know, spend spend plenty of time, you know, counseling people that, that hey, look, you know, if this is ne- necessary, here's the reason why it's necessary and here's what you can expect. So, um it is always about trying to make sure that people don't go into things with unrealistic expectations. It's kind of like the, you know, I don't, I don't know how many times I've been brought in as the, you know, the second attorney on a case where uh, someone has hired a, you know, has hired a lawyer trying to save money. And so they've hired someone that frankly doesn't know what the hell they're doing uh, or doesn't have the level of expertise for the particular case. And then they get, you know, their, $25,000 into it or, or more, and uh, um, all of a sudden they realize that this person is in way over their head and they need to, you know, or they've gotten some bad results on some things and they need to they need to change this deal. Well, how do you do that? Well, you bring in someone who actually knows what they're doing, but now you spend more money because they have to do oh, what's been done. <laughs> it's just so, you know, so it, it can just, be... It can be really bad. <laughs> it can be really bad. It really can. I mean, you know, you just need to be – you've got to go in with your eyes open and don't have unrealistic expectations. You know, you can't 
you're not going to go in and pay fiat, you know, <laughs> or or many prices for Mercedes service. It just it doesn't happen that way. It just does not well, happen. Experience, that way. experience too. I mean, I remember, you know, it's a. Uh, in the world of, of legal billing and uh, why a lot of times the the bargs at the bar or the, the state bar doesn't get involved in fee disputes a lot. Um, if you have if you have that one person who can make the phone call that gets everything done and they bill you ten thousand dollars for that fifteen minute phone call, that might be a very fair and well earned attorney fee. <laughs> and I remember when I first learned to the concept of that, and I thought, well, wait a second. It's true. People, pay, people you know, you want results. You got, you know, so you got to pay for them. But um, that guy, if that person can get it done, hey. that's money well spent. But <laughs> I tell you what, if you find, uh, you know, a divorce lawyer that's got a forty thousand dollar an hour billing rate, I want to meet that person and learn how to be that person. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wave your magic wand and get it all done in ten minutes. There you go. So again, with that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these custody evaluations not to not to be taken lightly. It's it's a big deal. It's a lot to deal with. Uh, not something you want to go into with someone who is learning it with training wheels. Obviously, again, point to drive home here. A good takeaway is uh, using a good, a skilled, experienced, board certified family law attorney who is going to know how to sit down and really explain these things. Like it really, it really is a business decision because how far do you want to go? What do you want to accomplish? There's a, you got to be smart and uh, strategic. Yeah, that is absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, I think Mark, next time we're going to talk all more about addiction and some of the real interesting things that um, can happen in people's lives. You know, the the what do they say that truth always is a little more exciting than uh, fantasy can be. Um, in the meantime, though, if people want to know more about child custody evaluations and any of the other topics that we might have touched on, uh, of course, there's a library at Scroggins Family Law. Mark, what's other ways that people can get a hold of you to continue a dialogue? Well, you can always reach me at the office at 214-469-3100. You can shoot me an email at mark at scrogginsfamilylaw.com. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, a good place to go for information is go to our website at scrogginsfamilylaw.com. Uh, you know, there are lots and lots of uh, links to my videos that uh, talk about, boy, a whole lot of these subjects. And, uh, you know, call or um Call or send an email, and uh, you know we'll set up a time to help you out. Right, absolutely. All right, well, Mark, uh, a good Monday to you. A happy Monday to all of our uh, listeners out there. And of course, when uh, people find this program in uh, wherever you may find it, in a social media feed or um, just trolling the internet and this is valuable information you think other people may want, you would be surprised how many people out there in your life and on your social networks may be looking for exactly this kind of information and don't necessarily ask for it. So while we don't wear a sandwich board that says, I have questions about child custody evaluations, that person really might be out there. So do the kind thing and share the information uh, with the people in your social media feed. So that's all from uh, Nick Augustine and Mark Scroggins for this Monday morning. We'll be back again next month with our next podcast. And wish again, everyone have a great day and a great week. All right, Mark, talk to you soon. Thank you much, bud. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.